the overarching goal is truly to make the entire rental process from the day it it needs to be listed until you know the day that lease ends easier for everybody involved so the question is this how do most agents who don't have access to the secrets the top agents in our industry hoard themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate market that's the question and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Muchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Muchastegui. I'm here for a really fun interview today. This is going to be a unique, unique interview. So I get to interview today Ryan Barone. He is the you know, the founder, the first developer, the creator, the CTO of Rent Ready. So you guys have recently heard me saying Rent Ready is our new sponsor. And they've been our sponsor for all of our Real Estate Rockstar shows. We aren't running any ads right now other than telling people about the Rent Ready, you know, property management software. And I wanted to be able to talk to Ryan today to learn a little bit more about it. And so I think we're, there's going to be so much that we're going to be able to teach people today about, you know, renting houses, the processes behind it, and, you know, kind of how people manage in today's in a COVID world, how to communicate, how to learn a lot about your customer and your clients and, and even your team members and any company you might be involved in. So Ryan, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. So the, so Ryan, so first as we get started, tell everybody, so where, where do you live right now? I live in New York City. So in New York City, there, New York City has been all over our podcast over the past you know few months. So every, I mean, We've had a lot of stuff happening out there. I was, my daughter was super disappointed. We were supposed to go see Beetlejuice on her birthday in May, and the and that obviously all got canceled. And the and now maybe she'll never get to go see Beetlejuice. But New York is one of the most heavily impacted places for mm-hmm. kind of what's going on. And so they've talked a lot about you know the market going up and down there, you know, and and people leaving the city and going to the outskirts. But now maybe people are starting to come back. They talk about vacancies way up. What's it like in the city right now? It's pretty interesting. You know, they've, they've certainly done, I think, a pretty good job of, you know, moving everything outdoors as much as possible. People wear masks and all of that's been great. But it's been it's been really interesting to see how landlords have adapted to managing during this post COVID time as well. Yeah, like, what are you going to do for the outdoor restaurant? Like, New York is cold in the winter. Like right now, it's probably super cold right. out there. So, like, what are what are the, are people eating outside in giant coats or or no? You know, we, it's been fairly warm so far. I'm I'm just as curious as you to see how it goes. If people will uh, throw up like heating lamps and just throw on coats and say I'm going to do that all winter, or they'll eventually you know throw their hands up and go indoors. Uh, I'm hoping I'm hoping for the outdoor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some cities have even closed off their streets completely. Um, like certain and certain, and then brought everything out to cover the whole street. And the yeah. and I ate at a place uh, when I was out in California a couple weeks ago that they they redesigned their whole outside area back in March to right. where you feel like you're inside, except for they have these open open windows with heaters over them instead, so they could find their exception. So, do you think? So, when it comes to, are you seeing a lot of a lot of rental vacancies? Are you seeing as many vacancies in New York City as people are talking about in housing right now? I, you know, I don't know if it's as much as um, is played out. There's definitely a, a, certainly a lot of challenges, um, but I think it's it's a lot of a mi- uh, quite a bit of a mix of things. You know, I mean, I've seen le- some landlords are vacancies not an issue, and they're just they're juggling with how do I shift things to 
not as much pen and paper and some are juggling just plain out vacancies in that respect. Yeah. And just from a, like a personal level, do you think that a year from now, New York will be super busy again in full? Do you, do you think that it'll go back to the way that it was? I do. I mean, I'm, I'm optimistic on New York. I, I think honestly, the, the feel of it, it's certainly different in terms of the, the precautions you have to take. Um, but in terms of the feel in New York, it still feels like New York. Um, so I, I feel pretty good that it'll come back. Yeah. So you think people should, because I mean, there's opportunity for people to invest there now, right? So prices have come down a little bit and with vacancies becomes, you know, cheaper rents and things like that. So for the people that have been priced out, maybe now's the time to, to get back in before it gets back to awesome, right? Definitely. I mean, one of the, one of the landlords I know in the city has a a portfolio out in uh, crown Heights and pretty much got all of that, uh, you know, built that up throughout the, uh, the financial crisis when, you know, everything was really low out, especially out in the Crown Heights area and has been able to do really well by kind of taking it, riding the market the right way. Yeah. So the, what have you done yourself through, you know, this year after like post COVID, right? So the world changes, everybody's like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? The, do you, do you have any habits or things that you've done to make sure that you keep pushing, you know, moving the ball forward, keep, keep living your best life? Just, uh, just like personal things. To yeah. Like the, point. like, like, so like, or, cause like outside, like so much of New York was the fun stuff in the city, right. right? Yeah. I mean, you can still get a lot of food here. Um, and I do love trying new food, different foods. So I, uh, I'm still keeping strong eating taco Tuesday every week, yeah. uh, trying out new foods in different areas. So, um, you can still do that, which is a, a great time. You're either outdoors or ordering it in, but it's still a lot of fun. Yeah. So go enjoy what you can of the city. It's about the, you know, the glass half full always when we're staying grateful that one of the last guests that I had on here, we talked about you know, his big survival technique was just staying grateful. Yeah. And you're grateful for the things that you do have. It's, it's a lot tougher to, to think about the stuff that we don't. Right. So let's, let's talk some more real estate. Let's talk real estate and landlords. The, so you, when you grew up, you weren't thinking, Hey, I need to build a software. For, for, you know, for, for, for landlords, right? So this, I think the story behind it is this kind of happened by accident. It happened out of need because you were like the ideal user for rent ready. Tell me about how that started. What, 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 what's the story behind that? Yeah, absolutely. So interestingly, I mean, it's, it started more actually on just purely the application side of things. Um, rent ready itself really goes end to end, but it started out with just applications. Um, and like you said, it was from my personal experience. So I was a renter in New York city. I'd found an apartment on a listing site and went and looked at it and realized I needed all of these documents for my application and all this information. Um, and I kept having to redo that for different landlords and different agents. And it was really interesting to me that it, it seemed like there just there must have been a better way than these agents needing to continue to follow up with different people to get the same information or wait for that same information, likewise for the landlord. So um, initially, it was just an uh, application app for myself and friends to put together um, the things we needed to be prepared to go to these, these units and quickly... Uh, landlords and agents came back to us and said, wait a minute, our side is, you know, mostly pen and paper and spreadsheets as well. Um, Can you make it better on our side too? And so that's where we started building and building more to, you know, add in the tenant screening and automate that to put in pre-qualifications that, you know, agents could meet with 
their, uh, you know, the best five people instead of necessarily the first five people that reached out to them. Um, and then from there, you know, expanded into uh, paying rent and maintenance and all of these different pain points that we got really stories from landlords and, and their teams um, that we got along the way to really build out everything that it's become. So you and I, so you were applying for an apartment and they said, Hey, we need your, we need your pay stubs. We need where you lived before. And they need, they need like this whole thing. Letter, letter of employment, bank statements, tax returns. You yeah. Know, I was a student at the time. So student transcripts. So. Wow. So you get all that together. And then if you don't get the first one, then the next week they ask you for a similar, maybe slightly different version. And so then you're picking right. that apart and you start to think there must be an easier way to like save all these in one spot. So right. we can I just mean, send them over or whatever. Right. And even when you look at colleges, you know, they've created the common app for colleges where you, you fill out one application and you can apply to all of these different colleges across the country. So it, it made a lot of sense even coming from that setting to say, you know, why isn't there kind of like a college common app for apartments for renting? What a great point. Like that, that all by like that in a nutshell right there is like being able to fill out an application in one place and then being able to apply at a bunch of places. Right now, the real estate market is really tight you know, mm -hmm. for rentals, the, for all of our rentals, we're getting multiple applications at the same time. We are not getting to approve everyone. And it is a frustrating process, I think, for people when they're applying. So I think that's a, that's a great point to say, Hey, what about that easy button where they get to do it once they get to, they get to say, Hey, these are the seven or eight places I want. It's cool that your software started with a lot of that in mind. And then along the way you started adjusting that. We talked before we got on that one of the, the best ways you find stuff is like, you're very active inside your business. So you right. go in and you, you read the chats, you read what your customers are, are, are telling you. And the, and then a few weeks later you start developing it. And who knows, maybe a few weeks after that, you actually have some of those new things in place. Are there any things that came up in that, that you were super surprised by? Like something that a, something that a customer told you like, Hey, could you do it like this instead? And you had to make a big pivot or a new process change. Yeah, definitely. So one was, um, we got, one was from a landlord we had uh, in Texas. They reached out on a Friday night. Um, they said to us, listen, you know, I, I have this tenant. I'm unfortunately going through an eviction proceeding. One of the issues in place, this was, you know, maybe a, a year uh, so ago. They said, I'm going through an eviction proceeding. One of the things in Texas, which is actually becoming more prominent through, uh, throughout a lot of different states is if a tenant, if you accept a partial payment from that tenant, um, it resets the clock. And so if you were to go into court the next day, the judge would just throw out the case. And so the landlord said, can you just block, can you allow me to decide by tenant if I allow uh, partial payments or no payments at all? And so we went in, we developed that overnight. We added that into the, into the software for them um, so they could go in and control that on a tenant by tenant basis so that they'd be covered um, you know, in any of those situations that they, they happen to find themselves in. Dude, what an awesome example. Because yes, if somebody does, if tenants can come hand you a $50 check and postpone things, but you can actually say, I'm not going to take that. I'm not going to deposit that check. I'm not going to accept a partial payment. But when everything is moved to online, I could see that being a loophole. That was a very, like, a, like an important need on there. Now you also, you guys, if a tenant has a problem with a house now, so the, the a resident, so they, they say, hey, the, the dishwasher's broken. Did that all happen through Rent Ready too? It does. And, and one of the nice things for the tenant is uh, they have a mobile app directly on their phone. And so they can take advantage of a lot of features that comes with just having a, a smartphone, which is, you know, if they say, you know, the dishwasher is leaking, instead of just leaving it at that, they can actually take a video of the issue and send it in with it. And so it's very easy for a landlord or for their team, or even now with a partnership we have, especially for, you know, newer landlords, that are just starting out and maybe they don't have a maintenance person that can help them. 
they can enable that and actually have somebody see the, the video, diagnose the issue, communicate with the tenant, fix it, mark it complete. And the landlord gets all, all of the oversight without necessarily having to go fix that, uh, you know, leaking dishwasher themselves. Hi, Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui, and I am so excited to share with you our newest head podcast sponsor, You know, and this is a company called Rent Ready. Rent Ready is a landlord-tenant software that has everything you need to manage your rentals from your phone or your computer. No need to be tech-savvy, download multiple programs, or hire a specialist. Rent Ready is easy to use for everyone, and if you do have a question, their customer support team is available to make sure managing your properties doesn't have to be harder than it already is. RentReady has a feature for every step of the landlord process. You can list your vacancy for free to Realtor.com and doorsteps, find quality tenants with a full tenant screening process, send and e-sign leases right from the app, and track maintenance requests. Yes, there really is one app for all of that. Best of all, not only is RentReady easy to use with awesome customer service, but it's affordable as well. Get a subscription of RentReady for as little as $1 a year when you sign up for their annual plan using code ROCKSTAR. That, now that's crazy, a dollar a year, why wouldn't you go sign up just to see, even if you've got one tenant or wanna try it with one of them? So that's right, you get a whole year of Rent Ready for just $1 when you sign up at rentready.com, it's spelled R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com, using code ROCKSTAR. So everything has changed this year, right? Mm -hmm. Like landlords' needs are changing. The things that they're doing, just like you said, you know, being you know, people are like excited about it. One of the things you said uh, told to me before we got on, on the line was it used to be that landlords kind of had a choice, right? Like if they needed software or not, if right. they needed to accept electronic payments or not. Some preferred, you know, check and or cash or being able to go to places. Right. How has that changed this year for people? Yeah, I mean, you you definitely said it. I mean, in the past, you could get a check in the mail, and and that might not have been an issue. Right now, it's it's a, a safety issue for a lot of landlords that they're saying, okay, well, I still need to get my rent somehow, but I don't necessarily want to take a check that someone you know just had their hands on, wrote and put in the mail to send to me. So, um, giving them a way to to uh, have a contactless payments platform to collect that information. Or even going back to the maintenance piece that we were talking about there, maybe they have that that broken dishwasher and they say, okay, well, or maybe if it's not as complicated as a dishwasher, maybe if it's just something wrong with the sink or something, they can order a part and send that to somebody and say, you know what, I'll deduct it from your rent. Here's the part you need to fix it. And we don't have to have someone come into your unit. And so we've actually seen some landlords start to repurpose some existing features in that way to really fit what they need to still do everything they need to in terms of managing, but also handle the, uh, you know, the safety needs at this point. Yeah. I mean, so much of 2020 has been like the big pivot, right? Mm -hmm. Like the, you know, where, where so many times we have to find new ways of doing things for our rentals. We used to always have somebody there at move in, right? Mm -hmm. They would hand them the keys. They'd fill out a form with them. They would do a walkthrough, anything not here. They would show them how the house is working. Right. And then anytime there was anything that needed to be done, we'd get to go in and out and all that, all that changed and all that changed overnight. And we instantly had to say like, okay, so now we're no longer meeting with the residents there. We're going to print out the paper a few days ahead of time and leave them. Now we're doing like zoom meetings where we're doing video calls before, you know, before they move in to meet them, you know, video calls the day after they move in to walk through the house to make sure it's okay. 
And then a month before they move out, we used to go in and say, hey, you move out next month. Let's walk through the house, tell you how you're going to get your deposit back. And now that's getting switched over to Zoom. And it's all these, and it does seem like every couple of weeks still, right? This, this, these changes happen in March, but every couple of weeks, we are still repurposing how we do real estate, how we manage these new problems, because something else will come up and we'll go like, oh, yeah, we used to do that to prevent this issue. But now we, we stopped doing that, you know, in March and April, maybe we can do this now instead. So you'll probably continue to see so many changes. Any future changes that you're, that you're thinking are going to be coming soon or that people are going to be asking for out in real estate? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the big ones was the, the maintenance coordination piece was one we actually just added a week ago. It was a big ask from a lot of landlords on the, the platform saying, you know, if I don't have somebody or I haven't necessarily negotiated with trying to get the right person to fix things, can you help me with that? So that was uh, really the purpose for adding that. And likewise, anything we add at this point actually comes, you were talking about the chat earlier, it really comes from these landlords messaging in and saying, here's the issue I'm having. What do you think about this? Um, it's a little sneak peek of one of them that's coming up soon is uh, we've had some landlords asking about, you know, can you report my rent to credit bureaus or my tenants rent to credit bureaus? Um, as a way to either help them boost credit or encourage them to pay on time. Um, and so we did actually uh, come up with a, a partnership with uh, TransUnion and we'll actually be working on and releasing that uh, later this year where tenants will be able to um, have their rent reported to the credit bureau and boost their credit or you know, pay, pay more frequently on time for landlords, which would be nice for them. Yeah, that is very cool. That is a, that's a current problem that we have with, with mm -hmm. our residents at different times. Like sometimes when someone does have to go through eviction, they're still... You get a judgment, but there's, it doesn't necessarily go anywhere. And when someone goes to apply for rent at the next place, there's no way to really notify that landlord other than the tenant's honesty in their application, right? This is like, have you been evicted? And they could say no, and, it would, and it's not going to be very easy to see if they're telling the truth or not. So the credit bureau stuff, I think, is, is pretty great. So, you know, agents, as you're listening, we've been, this year I've been talking so much about kind of having a backup plan, about expanding from being... Yeah, I don't want to say just an agent because agents, you guys are rock star agents. So nobody is just an agent, right? You guys are doing a ton of volume and you're really working hard to be successful. But I like the idea of diversifying, of having some other things to help you out. Because maybe the first couple months of COVID, there wasn't as many transactions. Like now, most agents, a lot of agents have seen like, no, it's my busiest year. But, the, but there was some time where there was that shift where I'm sure a lot of agents that are greatly successful now were thinking, well, I wish I had a couple other things. So we've talked to people about, you know, getting into investing, about buying a rental, you know, paying off a rental, or, or we talked about buying other businesses and things like that. And so maybe, so this sort of thing, you know, you're talking about a, a software that can help people when things come in, maybe it's even going to outsource it. We, most of your things you come up with are, you know, errors that landlords make, you know, what are some common mistakes that landlords make when they first become landlords? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I think you see it in, in lots of different pieces of the process. And um, it can be something like, you know, not calculating late fees correctly, or even in certain states now, there's there's maximum late fees you have. So if you have, you know, some base rate after five days, you charge $20 and you're charging $10 every day. In certain states, there might be a 5% or 10% max late fee you can charge um, that you need to watch out for and make sure you're, you're capping that in your leases or when you're charging it to tenants. Um, the same is... is true with the, you know, the application process as well. Um, when you talk about really having a process in terms of what do you look for? What do you accept based on? What do you reject based on? Um, having that in place so that 
you make sure you're protecting yourselves as well um, from a, a fair housing standpoint and just making sure you're following a process. And, and then you even see it in the application process or in the, um, the maintenance rather, where you know, if someone reaches out for an issue and you don't necessarily, as a, a agent now landlord, uh, don't necessarily see the issue and they're reaching directly out, maybe over text to somebody that would come fix it and it doesn't get fixed, um, ultimately that does uh, you know, fall back on you, but you might not have the oversight to step in and say, oh, wait, I can help out if I see this sitting here. Um, so having a way to really see you know, what's going on within your units in terms of what's pending or what's done, even if you are not necessarily the one that, that's going to go uh, you know, fix it yourself by hand. Yeah, I, I could see not knowing your state's laws. Like oh, it says- it's because it seems it also seems because buying a house and renting it out, mm-hmm. it is very simple. Mm-hmm. It seems very simple. Seems <laughs> I also I also remember when I had like I probably had at least 10 houses. You know, really, maybe maybe a lot more when I first had a resident tell me, hey, aren't you supposed to have a, an extra you know deadbolt here? You know, it was a privacy deadbolt. And I was like, well, no. And then I relooked at the Texas law and it said, no, they d- like they did need a special deadbolt above the other ones that there was not a key so they could be secure. And I was like, really, that's a, that's a law. That's like, if you're going to have a, if you're going to have a, a renter, you have to add a special deadbolt inside the house. And, and there's been a slew of things that I have learned that that were very simple, like laws, you mm-hmm. know, that you figure out, or when somebody's moving in, you go, Oh, we'll just charge an extra deposit for this or for that, but making sure you're within those guidelines. So I would say that's probably, that makes a lot of sense that those would be common mistakes that landlords would make the uh, you know, we always had, it was interesting to learn pricing mistakes too. When we first started, mm-hmm. you know, so when we would, we would list a house and the, and sometimes no one would show up. And our rule of thumb was if, if we had it listed and nobody showed up, there were two things that were wrong. Either it was bad pictures or bad pricing. Right. So then it could be both of those things that are stopping people from showing up. So then as we would fix it, but then if a lot of people were showing up, and nobody wanted to rent it, then we usually knew that was actually a, you know, if they don't show up, it's a pricing issue. If the pictures are great and no one shows up, it's a pricing issue, your price too high. If people show up and now nobody wants it, that means the actual condition is worse than the pictures. I mean, there's actually something wrong with the house. So getting to adjust that along the way and going, all right, so getting our, no one's showing up, let's adjust our price. People are showing up, they don't like it, let's go see if we need to fix something and make it a little bit better. The, any other kind of landlord, you know, tips that you would give somebody if they're getting ready to, to buy their first rental, what things that they should be thinking about? I mean, one of the best ones is, is to put yourself in, I mean, I look at it just cause I'm used to looking at it from a software standpoint of trying to take this, this group of knowledge, all the users on the platform and try to make the platform itself a, a guideline to make you get to skip over some of the mistakes that maybe other landlords make. But the same thing is true for real estate rock stars and other resources like that. And talking with other landlords to understand, you know, what did you do when you first started out? What did things, what things went wrong? Um, I think you can, you can kind of use, you can use podcasts, you can use, you know, software platforms as really a, a great way of skipping over a lot of things that you otherwise probably would have made the same mistakes as the 10 people before you and the 10 people after you, if you didn't know. Yeah. Do you think most, are most real estate rental transactions in New York now, is it all, you know, kind of hands-free, touch-free people aren't meeting in person anymore? Are people still meeting in person now? And, and how do you think that might change over the next year? So I think there's a huge shift. I, 
at least before COVID, the majority of landlords were still on pen and paper and spreadsheets. Um, and, and sometimes it wasn't by choice. In a lot of cases, you know, softwares in the past really have targeted these larger property managers and largely ignored the, the, the individual investor that wants to self-manage. But I, I, there has been a huge shift and I think it will continue in the long run. It's not, it's, it's not something that I look at it and say, okay, you know, with COVID, it's, it's, uh, it's happening today and it'll switch back afterwards um, because there is an enormous amount of um, convenience, not just for landlords, but also for their tenants in the way that impacts their bottom line with turnover. Um, so from the perspective of, like you said, someone sees your great photos, they come in and see your unit, they're excited about it. And, you know, why is it that 50% of tenants leave at the end of the lease? Um, something along the way didn't, didn't go as great as they would have hoped. And, and it's yeah. not necessarily for uh, lack of care. A lot of landlords have put their heart and soul into this. Um, it's because in a lot of cases, um, there just aren't the resources there for them. And so that's, I mean, that's part of the, the thing that I love about real estate rockstars. Part of the thing that we're trying to do at Run Ready as well is just try to give them more of these resources to say, you know, you have everything you need to, uh, you know, collect rent in an easier way. Your tenants just have auto pay. They don't have to say, oh, I forgot to put a check in the mail. Or, you know, there aren't several messages back and forth saying, is it leaking from the, the faucet? Is it the pipe underneath? You know, is it is it destroying the kitchen floor? Can you put a bowl under it? Do I need to get out of bed? All these things that, you know, can drive a, a landlord up the wall, a tenant up the wall, and ultimately everybody just gives gets to live a lot happier because of it. Yeah, the the living happy for everyone. So, now, so one of the things you mentioned in there was you're focusing on the littler guy, right? right. Like people getting started because overall they're you felt like they're somewhat overworked. And I and I get that point because as I would travel around to trade shows, there was a lot of different cool software and technology out there for real estate, right. but some of it was like thousands and thousands of dollars. So you're talking about focusing for an individual landlord, but what if that individual landlord has an agent? So most of our listeners are agents. Now half of most, a lot of our agents are becoming investors or have some investments, but others might actually you know be buying a house for a client and saying, hey, you should buy this as a rental. If they wanted to use your software to manage for them, how would you, is that possible? Can they set it up as like, hey, I, if, if I said, hey, I'm an, I'm an agent and, I'm, and I want to rent this out for a client of mine, but I want to use your software, does the agent still sign up? Right. Yeah. And we have agents that do that. Um, and so one of the nice things is, especially coming from that, the, the application process was part of, you know, version one early on, um, that was really important to me as well. So agents can either be a teammate of a landlord, or if they wanted to even create the account and just share it with the landlord so that they have access, they can do that as well. And so one of the nice things is you can control that access even by property or unit. So if an, if an agent themselves is managing for a few different landlords and they want to own the main account, they could add all of these different properties and share only access to those properties for those landlords or vice versa. Those landlords could sign up and add the, 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 uh, the agent back and give them just a access to view or even view and edit um, the uh, pre-qualifications and applications that come in so that they have a better idea about, okay, I went and met with this person. Have they actually applied? Does it look good? You know, should we, should we continue with the next steps of signing their lease? Yeah. What are your biggest goals with Rent Ready? I'm really, the biggest one is, I mean, the, the thing that makes me happiest to this day is when someone reaches out and tells me how much it has impacted them or their, their tenants. So the, the overarching goal is truly to make the entire rental process from the day it, it needs to be listed until 
you know, the day that lease ends, easier for everybody involved, for, for landlords, for agents, for uh, tenants, for even the maintenance people involved, just everybody to have um, this seamless experience that addresses all of these pain points that a lot of landlords and the, and agents and maintenance people have experienced and, and in our case have shared it with us. So we've yeah. had a chance to now say, okay, you've told us what, what's wrong. You've told us the way it should be. Um, let's just make that and give that to you and then stop having the issue. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, that's even cooler. Like we, I've released a couple books and every time we said, Hey, if, if it changes one person's life, it's worth it. Right. So whenever you get the story that says like, Hey, this totally worked. I'm a new landlord and my life's easier. That's awesome. But you also have that extra thing too, where they said, you know, they have a new problem that nobody had solved. Mm -hmm. And then you get to be the first to solve it because you listen, right? right? You get to listen to your people and you're small enough. Like you're, you're a startup, right? You're a, you're a startup with a lot of customers, right? But you're right. still, you're growing, you're building onto your stuff, which gives you the flexibility to be able to make some of those changes and, and keep it fun. The, I really, I, I like that when you get to think about like the, the, what actually drives you for it. So one of the things the, when I was talking to some people over at rent ready a couple months ago, I talked to them about, well, but once you get some these other software companies they use, once we get up to so many properties, they start charging us more, right? Mm -hmm. So they charge us per property that we have. So there's a lot of cool extra services, but depending on how many properties you have, they just keep charging you and keep charging you. But the, but some of the gals that work for you said that is not, you guys aren't doing that, right? So right. the, you're, you're not, as, as somebody gets bigger, the way they described it to me was we want to help the person grow. We don't want to hinder the growth. So right. you have a, you have a rate that you charge, but it doesn't go up if they get big or if, if the landlord does own 20 houses now, right? Is that yeah. how it works? And how, and how'd you come up with that idea? Yeah, well, I didn't, I didn't personally, I can't take credit for it. It was actually, we were in the very early stages, there was this, uh, owner association in New Jersey that we, we went to, we went to these meetings. They were a big part of our focus groups in terms of trying to design uh, really everything they needed and, and nothing they didn't. And one of the things that we constantly heard was, I don't want to be taxed for my growth was the way that they put it to me. Mm -hmm. So they felt like, you know, I finally, you know, I'm managing well, I'm getting this new unit and all of a sudden, just like you said, okay, getting this new one pushes me over some threshold where all of a sudden I'm, you know, losing all of these profits so that I've, that I've worked hard to attain. And so we really thought of it as saying, okay, is there a way um, that we can make this incredibly affordable for landlords um, and not charge them more as they add additional units? And that's is still true and will stay true in terms of they can add as, as many units as they want. They can add unlimited units, unlimited tenants. Um, we don't charge them anymore. Um, if like with most of them just use the annual plan and they pay $9 a month, so, you know, a, a pizza once a month to manage yeah. all of their units and whether they grow to 50 or 500, um, they, they don't end up paying more. And it's the way that we've structured it in terms of partnerships that we've made, um, really on behalf of them as well to say, you know, can we partner with TransUnion and say, we'll bring you more, uh, landlords that wouldn't have run screenings through you before, but do need to run these, you know, allow us to bring them to you and, and discount them in the process and treat them as this one, uh, you know, group together. Um, and, and we're able to, to make money in, in that respect without charging more to the landlord. Yeah, so at that first, you talked about the focus group, like a landlord group that you got to go to. And, you know, a lot of agents, you guys have local meetups that you go to, you know, for agents, but they also have landlord groups out there at that group. Was it mostly people that had a lot of houses? Was it mostly people that just had a few houses? Do you remember? It was mostly people that just had a few. I mean, it, it certainly ranged. We, in our 
uh, our focus group had everything from uh, someone with a single a single family home all the way up to someone with 2,600 units was the largest in the room. But most of them, um, you know, had a handful of units, five, 10 units at most. And that was, I, I, that was the really the most common thing that we saw in the group. Yeah. Well, we tell people a lot of times to join a mastermind, right? To join a mastermind or a group or get some friends that are doing the same business as you in other places that you could go through and talk to them about like what's working and what's not and come up with some plans together. And the, it's a great reminder that there is, there's a group like that for everything. So even for landlords. And so if you're a new landlord and you've got your first house and maybe the, maybe you're not trying to make any changes with anything right now, but you just want to learn a little bit more, join that local association and you're going to find somebody else that has one. You're going to have somebody that has five, that has 10. If you decide, Hey, I want to have 20 houses someday. The best thing you can do is go talk to several people with 20 houses. Right. You don't necessarily need to talk to the guy that has 500 houses unless you right. want to have 500, <laughs> right? You need to figure out what you want to be and then learn from those people because those are drastically different business oh, wow. plans that are out there, drastically different you know, goals, uh, what's there. So the so rent rate is going to continue to grow. The You're going to keep making changes at, as you go. And the, I love the, the $9 a month is, is pretty crazy because there's some software, there's some property management software out there that is thousands a month. You have thousands of dollars a month to try it. And, and from what I've seen, the features are the same. There's also some property, some property management software out there that says, hey, we're free, right? So you guys have, you're like, we're, we're nine bucks a month. But when I started looking into the difference of some of the free ones, there were a lot of char- extra charges that would happen for like, you know, collecting rent and things like that. So it was like the freemium model, like, hey, the software is free, but along the way, they charge you a lot of stuff as you go. Right. The, is it $9 plus you get charged a whole bunch of stuff? No. And I think, and that's really where the, the, the thing gets tricky with a lot of those is, you know, they'll say they're free and nothing's really ever free. You know, every right. company has to, no matter what industry they're in, they have to make money somehow. So I, I, that's my, my take on anywhere is if it says it's completely free, find out why, because there has to be some money somewhere. Um, and in a lot of cases, you know, they're charging more to, to uh, you know, get your money faster or, for you know, add-on features, or they don't address a lot of the features along the way. They might say we're only going to do one piece of it, and all of a sudden you're using you know five different systems to try to manage everything, and you yeah. still have a headache <laughs> that you started out with in the first place. So, uh, last question: the I mean, you're you're an entrepreneur now. Like now right. you're now you're running a business. You own a business that wasn't what you started off to to do. All of our listeners. The, not all of them are property managers yet. Not all of them are investors yet, but all of them are entrepreneurs. All of them kind of run their own life. They run their own business and they've got different partners and different strategies. What is, what is one or two things you've learned as being an entrepreneur that you could give as advice to other entrepreneurs, the of things that they should be focusing on or, or how to grow or attitudes to have? Yeah. I mean, one in particular that, that I think is interesting is that you know, whatever you start out expecting it to be like, a lot of the time it will it will never end up that way. I mean, in, in my particular case, it was trying to design a tenant only application, um, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden, you know, you fast forward and you're end to end. It's landlords, it's agents, it's their tenants, and and being able to pivot and make those changes. You know, not just in a time like COVID, but just in general, understanding um, that things will change throughout that time, and kind of coupled with that, and really the second piece is that um, you're almost everyone always has a client or a tenant or somebody that they're working with or that's using their service or product. They are by far the, the best source of knowledge you can possibly ask for. Because if you ask for it, a lot of the time, 
they'll tell you exactly what they want and exactly the way they want it. And even if you ask them, well, how would you envision actually making this possible? They have some awesome ideas of how to make that a reality as well. And so that's, I mean, that's one thing that, that I've done. It's something I will always do is just try to, we are talking uh, just about like getting into the chat itself and really reading through about what people are asking for and why. Um, but I think you can apply that if you're an agent talking to different tenants, um, you know, and maybe the tenant doesn't want the unit trying to get a little bit of information about why is maybe you won't sell that particular tenant, but you'll know you'll set yourself up well for the next one you speak to. And I feel like it can be applied to anything. Yeah. We were, we were talking early on about how one of the, my favorite things to do is go, go read the, read the chats at, at some of my software companies, see what people are asking for so we can know what to fix. I mean, all of you listeners know, I listen to your reviews. I go read your reviews. I make adjustments where I see that I can make your reviews better. So people are, are out there listening. And the, I, I, I like that, the idea too, as, as agents, one of those things you can do, he said like, you know, you can go ask the questions of, even if you already sold the house for somebody, you know, even if you already, you already represented them in something a month or two ago, you can call them and go, Hey, what did you think? How did it go? What could I have done better? You know, what, what, what really worked out well, what didn't, because your, your clients know about the process. They know what they love. They know what they didn't. And they will probably, just like you said, they will probably have some advice that says, you know what? I, I would have rather in this case, you would have done this instead of that. And it could be something really simple. I, I, I wish that after this, this time of night, it would have been like this. I wish that the way you would have done this would have done different, but it worked out fine. Now, some of that time you have to really grind people to do it. You have to really say like, no, I, I, I know that we got along great. And it was, but can you think of anything, any little thing? I promise you won't hurt my feelings. Is there something that the, that happened that you said, oh, I wish that that would happen differently. And what is it? And I think, you know, agents, you will be amazed at what your people will tell you with that. And you're used to saying like, what kind of house do you want? right? Like what kind of house do you want? You know, answering those questions, but at the end of the day, going, you know, asking them, how was my service? What kind of service do you want? How, how could I have changed it? What is your ideal experience? If there was a perfect experience, what would that be? And try to, st to strive to create that relationship and that experience for them. Ryan, any, any final thoughts? The, I mean, people can go find more information about RentReady at rentready.com. It's R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I. We've got a code where if they use Rockstar's you know, they get, they get the whole year for a dollar or something like that. So it's even, what's cheaper than, I mean, it's not free. You still have to pay a dollar, but it's, but that's even cheaper than your, your, your nine bucks a month. Any other resources out there? People had questions for you or wanted to see some, maybe some other videos or, or things, things out there about you to learn more about business or rent ready. Definitely. Um, we have a YouTube and a blog as well. It depends on how you like consuming content, but you know, if you're, you're a listener uh, here, you probably like the, the YouTube's a little more, but there's, there's also a, you know, blog or anything else. And, and ultimately um, just going back to the chat piece of it, if you just have questions or you want to talk about anything, shoot us a message. It, uh, it's honestly really nice to talk to people. So uh, if you ever have any ideas about different things you want to share, just drop by the site and, message in over the chat. <laughs> yes. Drop by the rent ready site, put in a chat, tell Ryan, he did a great job on the podcast. If he, if you like one of the things that he's added to his software, you can tell him that too. Or if you have any ideas, he's happy to listen. The real estate rock stars. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back in just a few days with another podcast episode, but for now, that's it. Thanks for listening. Ryan, thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.